Hi friends, support for this podcast also comes from Lake Kenyan Herald. If you'd like to learn more about the news, events, and activities that are happening in the Lake Kenyan region of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit lakeunionherald.org. Yeah, to just come and talk with you and find out what's happening. For himself, find out what was going on. Right. And um, for him to just to say, get my key. And um, so I was devastated. I was heartbroken. It was like, I've I've done this job for 19 years. Mm -hmm. And it worked with him for eight, I believe, around there. Why wasn't he talking to me? And then it dawned on me. God took all the responsibility. I am Michael Ksarona, and you're listening to Why I Am Here, a show that shares the incredible stories of our guests and how they can inspire you to have a closer walk with God. On today's show, I sit down with Jane. Like any other story that we have featured on this podcast, Jane has an incredible story. Listen as Jane and I talk about her journey from Catholicism to Adventism. I was born in a, to a very large family. I was the, um, the fifth of seven children. I have uh, three brothers and three sisters. Actually, one of my brothers um, is deceased. He was um, tragically killed in, a, in, a, in an accident when I was 10 years old. Oh. And uh, my mother was actually pregnant with our our youngest sister at that time. So she never knew the older brother, but she's named after him. Oh, so, really? um, but we, yeah, we, I grew up in a um, very large, loving family. Um, we went to church all the time. We um, did our Sunday school lessons and we went to, my mom was very faithful. My dad converted from being a Lutheran to Catholicism when mm. my older sister was um, a baby. And um, so he was also Catholic. We had a very good childhood. Was married for the first time when I was 19 years old to a man I really didn't love. I got married because I was pregnant, and that's what you did. You got married. Just to back up a little bit, where where did you grow up? Which state or which Um, city? I am from um, the Upper Peninsula of the great state of Michigan. Our address is Nigani, but we live in a real small town. It's called Sumi Location. There's about 300 people and I've known most of these people my entire life. I currently, we currently live in the house. We, we've been there for 37 years. I live next door to my sister. And two years ago, my mother lived there. And we, we lived next door to her um, from the time we moved in. So we've always been very close. I have two brothers that live just a quarter mile away from me. And two other sisters that live in the area. So we're all very close in proximity to each other. Wow, and, that's uh, really nice. Yes, so it y- is. you must enjoy the cold. <laughs> I saw um, that. Well, you know. <laughs> that it snows a lot. It, in, it in does the snow UK. a lot. We have, I don't even know how many feet of snow we've gotten. Uh, the two first snowstorms we got, both of them were 18 inches of snow. And then two days later, we got 18 more inches of snow. 18 and, inches of snow. Yes, in, in like an overnight. and um, But we've lived there our entire, entire lives. So we're, so we're used to it. it. We're used to it. And I'd rather have the snow than the cold. You know, when it gets to below zero, then it's uh-huh. it, then it's not so fun. You know, cars don't want to start and people don't want to move. So, But uh, we're very blessed to have the Market County Road Commission that comes along and clears our, and clear the our roads. Uh, clears the roads for us. And it doesn't keep us down very long. So, wow. Yeah, you know, I'm from Africa. I'm from Zimbabwe. It's okay. always wow, sunny wonderful. over there. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine 18 plus 18 more inches, inches of snow, snow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah maybe i'll get to visit you in the snow someday <laughs> yes that would be wonderful come up to camp segola <laughs> yes yes there you go so you were starting to tell us about the person that you married okay well when i married uh, my first husband like i said we were we got married because i was pregnant uh-huh. and even just walking down the aisle after the wedding ceremony walking out of the church i was wondering how long this marriage was going to last mm-hmm. um i i didn't believe in my heart that it was going to last very long. We had two children, um, a boy, and then two years later, a girl. And then within five years, we were headed for a divorce. And it was um, during that time, Hmm. um, I wasn't quite divorced yet when I met my husband, Dan. We met in a bar. I asked him if he knew how to dance or to polka. And 
he grabbed my hand and we started to dance and we fell in love pretty quick. And so 18 days after I was divorced, mm-hmm. that when my divorce was final, um, Dan and I got married. So and did did you know him before or you just um, no, met him, I met for, him for the first time? For the first time. Um, I had met him about eight months before my divorce was final. Okay. And so once it was final, though, then we got married. So, oh, it, yes, we had we had three more boys. So, wow. Um, and we've been married for 38 years now. We've made it through with the Lord. We had, a, um, like I said, we met in a bar. So we the lifestyle back then was totally different than where we're living now. Okay. How different? Well, weekends were spent in the bar. You know, we deserve that because we had worked all week. So now we deserve to go out and get drunk and um, live that kind of lifestyle. When I returned back, living in the place I live in now, because um, we lived in Marquette for a little while, and then we moved to Sumi location where I, where I grew up. Once I moved back, I because I had quit going to church for a while, living next door to my mother, mm-hmm. um, it was like, I'm going to church. And so we, um, I started faithfully going to church every Sunday. We had our bat- children baptized in church um, as infants. I had been there for many years, I had the opportunity to go to what is called Lay Ministry Leadership School. And it was a two-year course. And I was at that time starting to want to grow in my faith, applied for the course, and I was accepted. And so for two years, then um, every weekend or one week in a month, I would go to, to classes. And after two years in the year 2000, then was commissioned a lay minister. And it was um, at that time then I started my duties as the pastoral associate for my church. Uh, my former church was real small, uh-huh. and we were actually a mission church of a larger a larger one. We called her the mother church. Mm-hmm. Because of the shortage of priests, um, they had um, lay ministers come in and help with the duties, and that was my, my job. And I did that for 19 years, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, ju- I just want to ask, what led you to to be interested in ministry? I think it was my dad. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was because Did it he? happened right after. My dad, I saw his spiritual life grow uh-huh. towards the end of his life more and more. Just the way he passed away, mm-hmm. he had no fear. He prayed every day. Mm. Um, not the way we prayed. He had, there was, it was scripted prayer, but he prayed every day. Okay. And he loved the Lord. I think because of the way he went into his passing with such grace and dignity, and it's like, I want that in my life. I want that kind of peace mm. that he I could see in him. And so it was like, all of a sudden, it was like, I wanted this. I wanted to, to find Jesus. Amen. And yes, I did. I wanted to find Jesus. So I started looking for anything that through the church that I could get. I was We didn't have a lot of money. And so I had to find things that were within the budget. A lot of things were, were free. And so anything that was free, I would I would go to. (laughs) I would go to if it was a weekend thing, and usually there was travel involved or whatever. But um, whatever the cheapest or free, I would go to. And I always had either my mother or my sister to go along with, so I wasn't alone. Uh And um, enjoyed those things. I didn't learn God's word. Um, I learned a lot about being a, a better Catholic and doctrine, Catholic doctrine, but I wasn't learning it from the Bible. I was okay. learning it from the Catholic catechism, stuff and, like that. And that that was all you had? And That's what really we were taught it. when we mm-hmm. were little, being taught, we were, it was like you just obey what they say. You obey the priests, you obey the nuns, you, you just obey. You obey your parents, and so that's what we did. And so we, just, we listened to the priest, and we, that was, you know, to us, we're mm. told that that's God speaking through him. And so um, that's what we did. A couple of times I had tried starting up uh, Bible studies within our church. Mm-hmm. And there's resources out there. The one time I can remember, I had 14 women that applied or had wanted to join this Bible study. And I was so excited because it, it was like, finally, I'm going to get some of God's word mm-hmm. and um, see what he has to say. And it started off with 14. Within a couple of weeks, it went down to seven. And then a couple of weeks later, it was three of us. Really? And, and we didn't know how to study the Bible. We didn't know how to relate the Old Testament with the New Testament and how it all just kind of um, intertwined. So I was still feeling like I, I always call it fluff. I was okay. getting the surface stuff, the thing, you know, the good stuff so, on top. And, so you were just reading and uh, just enjoying the stories in the and, Bible. 
Right, but not really understanding them. Okay. And the book of Revelation would never would never have been part of that. And, right. And uh, who can understand that, right? You'd <laughs> <laughs> no. be reading about who bees and that? different things. Right. <laughs> um, but while this all of this is happening, uh-huh. I'm still working for the church. I'm raising children. I discovered a program on the on TV, mm-hmm. and it was um, Joyce Myers. She was a preacher lady. And yeah, this I, was new. I've heard about Joyce Meyer. I this was new because it was always men. Uh-huh. And um the things she was saying and she was reading from scripture and she could take a scripture and make it real to me and my daily life, how to go about using scripture in my daily life. And my son Paul, who was um in I think in uh, junior high at that time, mm-hmm. we would sit and listen to Joyce Meyer's for half an hour every morning before he went to school. Wow. It was like, I know there's more to the Bible than what I'm being taught in the Catholic Church. That lasted for a couple of years. Because I worked for the church, I had Mm -hmm. opportunities to be on other committees, and I was on the Diocesan Commission Committee. We would go to different venues and have different lessons or just go tour churches and that kind of stuff. And we were at a a meeting. It was just the commission meeting. There was a nun that came in Mm -hmm. to present to the group a class that was coming to Marquette. And it was from Loyola University. It was was an extension program. We could study in Marquette. It was a four-year course. There was cost to it. And that kind of Back me up a little bit because, like I right. said, we don't have a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I know college courses are not cheap. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but I presented this to my parish, to the, the board there, and they were willing to pay for the classes, but I had to pay for my own books. And so that's what I did. And I had to apply for the class, and I was accepted. Mm-hmm. There was um, seven, seven of us. There was only seven women in the class, and it was taught and facilitated, actually, by uh, an ex-priest. Really? And, uh, yes, a former priest, um, but he was well liked in the diocese, and he was had done a lot of other things for them. And so, for four years, I sat in a classroom, was learning more about Catholicism. <laughs> and we had to one of the books we had to purchase was um, a Catholic study Bible, but we never really used it. It was brief that part of it, just a couple of verses here and there. I never really got to study in the study Bible. And so, um, so was this um, more like a theology degree that you're now getting? If I would have had any kind of um, college background, mm-hmm. I could have gotten a master's in theology. Okay. And most of the women that were there did get their master's in theology, but because I was at a stay-at-home mom raising children, right. I did not get the the master's. The master's I, I've got I got a certificate in pastoral studies. Is okay. what I did all the same work that they did. I wrote all the papers that they did but I could not get the degree. And to me, the degree wasn't that important. It was the knowledge. I wanted the knowledge, and I wanted to grow. You're just hungry for tools to use in ministry. You just wanted to work for God. Absolutely. I wanted to find Jesus. I learned a lot, and Uh I'm very grateful for it, but I didn't really find Jesus there. But what happened... God is so good. Amen. Amen. He took that, and he was able to to work it out different. For the four years that I was going there, every Tuesday night, classes were at, started at 6.30, but the drive there took me half an hour to get to Marquette. And so from 6 to 6.30, I happened to discover Dr. David Jeremiah preaching for half an hour. I liked the way he preached because he was taking Old Testament mm-hmm. and showing me that it relates to the New Testament and how much, I mean, most of the Bible is the Old Testament, so it must be important. Right. I just love the way he preached. I discovered then that not only from 6 to 6.30, but at 7 o'clock, at 8 o'clock, at 9 o'clock, at 10 o'clock, at 11 o'clock at night, there were other preachers on that radio station that were... That were preaching. That were preaching. They were Which radio Satan. station was this? Um, this was the Christian, a local re- Christian radio station, Marquette. Okay. I'm not even sure the name of it. I, just I tu- rarely listen it. to it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just tuned but in and then you... <laughs> I happened to tune into it. God works in mysterious ways. And, That's uh, right. I happened to tune into it. And, and so I actually bought a radio for my home. By that time, all of our children were gone. And so we had a couple empty bedrooms. And I had turned one of my the bedrooms, the smaller bedroom, into a, my personal prayer room, mm-hmm. and I've got it decorated with all my pretty stuff. And, oh, wow. And so I bought a radio, and I have that 
in the room and I was able to listen to what was I called my programs. And um, my family, my husband especially, knew that not to disturb me during my programs. Your programs. Um, yes, yeah, so wow. I could listen yeah. and grow. Taking ownership yeah. of them. <laughs> and I could even take out my Bible and, and follow along in there. And, and um, so that fed me a lot until one day I came home from work. Mm-hmm. I, at that time, I was working full time. I came home from work. And on my husband's music stand, he plays guitar, mm-hmm. was a flyer that we had gotten in the mail. And I kind of glanced at it, and he picked it up and handed it to me. And it was um, an invitation to go to a series that was going to be at Northern Michigan University, the, the college up there. And it was called Unlock Revelation. And it was going to teach us the book of Revelation. Wow. And he asked me if I wanted to go with him. Oh, so you, you wanted to go? He wanted to go. And previously, he didn't go to church very often, mm-hmm. um, Easter and Christmas, you know, the, the bigger ones. Right. So I was thrilled just the fact that my husband wanted to go with me and that it was on the book of Revelation. And so, but so we, at this time, did you have interest on in the book of Revelation? Or? Oh, yes, I did. But I had actually read the whole thing right through. But but you didn't understand. Did it. not understand it at all. It's like reading Greek. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah. Um, did not understand it. And but I knew that it was there for a reason, especially in the beginning when it says that there's a promise to you, mm. and I wanted that promise. Yes. So yes. I kind of Googled around to find out who was putting on this presentation. I went online and I, I I signed up for it, and so we could get the free DVD that went along with it. And, uh, but then I also Googled them to find out what, who was presenting this. Through a little bit of research there, I found out that it was the Seventh-day Adventist Church that was putting it on. And I didn't care. So I, did you know the Seventh-day Adventist Church before? We, I had never been to one. I had heard of them. There, okay. I knew there was a small church mm-hmm. on my way to Marquette that was alongside of the road that was Seventh-day Adventist. That I knew, knew anybody that, was, that belonged to that church. I knew that they were there. And that they they worshipped on Saturday, well, the Sabbath. I wanted to go. It's like, well, let's go and see what they have to say. The first meeting just took me. It was a hook, line, and sinker. I was hooked. Really? Uh, it was on the statue. Oh, uh, Nebe- Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Uh-huh. How it related to history. And it was like, how can you, you can't fight that. You can't because... It's already been in history. It's already mm-hmm. proven. Right. And so I was hooked. But my husband and I, we had read the flyer wrong. We thought it was only four sessions, and it was actually 21. Oh. And so we could not commit. I was working full time. It uh-huh. wasn't, it, I mean, it was a half hour drive for us to get there. It was at night. It, was, it wasn't that convenient for me to go. But we, we decided we were going to commit to the first four. Mm-hmm. And so we did that, and I fell in love with it. One of the things that happened, though, is that I didn't think to bring a Bible. I mean, Catholics don't do that. They don't bring <laughs> Bibles places. So, right. but they had Bibles there for us to oh, um, what a blessing. to use. Yeah. Yes, they were able to pass out Bibles. But also, it was at the university, so I took the opportunity to use their free internet to mm-hmm. download a Bible before the very first class started. And I still have that Bible app on my phone. Wow! I use it all on. the time. <laughs> notes in there. But um, after the first four, we went to. We, they were videotaping it. And they, it was being made available online. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I could go back and watch more after that. And that's exactly what I did. Um, once they became available, I downloaded them onto my laptop computer, watched them by myself in my prayer room. Some of them, especially on the true identity of the Antichrist, mm-hmm. I became overwhelmed mm. because here I was Catholic yeah, and, and you were serving was, in the church. I was working in that church and had been there right. for 18 years at that time. Uh-huh. I wasn't really sure what to do with uh, my the newfound truth. Kind of went into a spiral downward. Also, um, were you were you excited at the same time? I was because it was the truth. Uh-huh. I was excited, but I was I didn't know how but to handle you, it. You didn't know how to handle. I it. didn't know who to go to. I didn't know anybody in the Adventist Church. I needed somebody to speak to, so a person mm-hmm. to talk to about this. And um, my husband didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> I was... Uh, so were you sharing not, with him or you're watching together? I was... Tra- we, were, we were not at that time watching it together. Okay. I'm watching it by myself. Pression was entering in. Uh-huh. I didn't... I was in a state of mind where I just, I just didn't know who to believe, what to do, 
who to go to. And my husband actually suggested that I contact a priest that I had worked with for eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. He had been my priest. He had actually been my confessor. I would go to confession to him because I trusted him. Mm -hmm. He was very well-liked. He was very charismatic. He was, to me, a very, very good man, treated everyone with respect, and he's following the way he thinks he should. But I went to him. He hadn't was no longer in the area. He was like an hour away, so I had emailed him, mm-hmm. sent him the link to the video to the unlock of Revelation. Unlock Revelation, and I got a telephone call from him telling me that to ignore it, hmm. that every once in a while, every couple of years, that this stuff kind of comes along and that um, people are just trying to convert you, that just to ignore it, it doesn't mean anything. And, well, I had been far enough along in the series that I knew he hadn't even looked at what I had sent him in the email. It was like he's not hes not giving me the answer that I want to hear right. because I felt like I knew the truth. And, and you, have, you, you had seen proofs of these things. Absolutely. Like the Daniel 2 statue that you're talking about, and it was just right there in history, so you couldn't resist it. You couldn't. Absolutely, you could not. Other things in my church started happening uh-huh. um, because I had to, part of my duties were to prepare like um, the Sunday school classes and to prepare children. We didn't have a whole lot of children in our in our church anymore. In fact, there was only one family that had three daughters that were going through any of their sacraments. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to prepare one little girl. She had come the year before with her older sister and she was really eager and she knew all of the lessons already because she had come to every class that her older sister had come to. Mm-hmm. And so it was time to prepare her for First Communion. And so I had taken out uh, one of the study lessons for a children's catechism. And while I was reading it, I was finding things that just didn't go along with the Bible. When I was reading some of it um, out of the catechism, the, the teacher's manual for the children's version of the Catholic Catechism, in there it was saying that, it was talking about the Bible, that to read from the Bible, but it said that at the end of each lesson, the readings will be suggested from the Bible, that these are not given to prove the teachings of the Catechism. We prove things from the teachings of the Church. Wow. And to me, that was opposite of what should be. Uh We prove things from the Bible. From the Bible. From the Bible, God's Word. And one other thing was talking about confession. Mm -hmm. I'm going to confession because anyone that's making the First Communion has the opportunity. They're not forced to. They don't have to. But they're given the opportunity to make their first confession. Or in the lesson, it said that if you can't remember or you don't have a mortal sin, that you should confess a sin that you had said in a previous confession. And to really? me, that was that was kind of wrong because we're taught that God forgives us of our sins. Yeah, you you you, you would think if uh, if you confess and your sin is gone, absolutely. Yeah. and here it's telling us, and I'm supposed to tell this little girl that if you don't have a sin, go back to an old one and and, and reconfess con- it. Reconfess that it. didn't make any sense. Right. And I had been already been studying enough in Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ezekiel kind of scares me a little bit <laughs> <laughs> where it says in there that um, whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to, if a millstone were hung around him and he were tossed into the sea. Hmm. And that was me. And I didn't want to be feeling like I needed to be tossed into the sea with a rock around my neck. Right. So what did um, you do? I, in my heart, I could not continue to teach this child. And so I contacted the parents, the mother, uh, Uh told her that because this little girl had been learning along and she knew all the lessons, I told the mother that, according to the mother church, Mm -hmm. that she was ready and that any further teaching that the the parents would have to um, take care of that I was going to be stepping back. And so then that was very shortly right before my exit out of the out of the Catholic Church. Hmm. So yeah, and then another thing that um had come into mind too was uh one one day right before I left, uh-huh. I was down in the in the hall, the church hall, and up on the walls I had um posted um the 10 commandments and really big for all of the classes to see. There was, like I said, there was a whole lot of children, but 
Um, it was actually for everybody to see the Ten Commandments were up on the wall. Well, and my, my cousin was down there. He's older than I am. And he was just kind of standing there, kind of looking at them. And it's like, what's up, Jerry? And he said, these don't aren't the same as in my wife's church. She was not Catholic. Uh-huh. And he would accompany her every once in a while to her church. He said, they're they're different. And I, at that time, didn't understand. I didn't. Oh, you didn't know that they were different. I, I didn't know that they were different. Uh-huh. I thought they were the Ten Commandments. So these ones were from the catechism. They were from the catechism of the Catholic Church. Okay. I hope you're enjoying Jane's story thus far. We're going to continue with the story after the break. Hi, I'm Vicki Griffin, inviting you to visit LifestyleMatters.com. Whether you're interested in recipes, articles, handouts, books, scripted PowerPoints in English and Spanish, or just watching some great videos on 26 different wellness topics, visit us today at LifestyleMatters.com. This program is sponsored by Village Seventh-day Adventist Church. If you would like to learn more about Village Church, please visit villagesda.org. Are you wondering how you can spend the financial blessings God has given you? Join Village Church as we partner with the El Salvadorian Union to build the first Adventist college in El Salvador. If you would like to learn more about this opportunity, please visit villagesda.org. And so then it was very shortly after that, in one of the Unlock Revelation studies, it talks about how in Daniel, how the Antichrist will think to change times and laws hmm. and how the, the real Ten Commandments were written in stone with God's own finger and they had been changed. The Second Commandment about um, worshiping idols was totally taken right out of the Catholic Church and the third commandment had become the one about worshiping or remembering to keep holy the Lord's Day, mm-hmm. which, well, we know that's wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> we should be keeping holy the, the Sabbath, Sabbath and day. the fourth commandment. Exactly. And how the tenth commandment, uh-huh. because they took away the second commandment, um, they only had nine. Mm-hmm. So they took the tenth commandment and, and split, split it, it into, into two. two. Right. And so... That was another one that, um, while I was still in the Catholic Church, how convicted me of it's it's time to start looking around and to to leave. Yeah. Um, so after learning that and after realizing that, what what happened? I knew I had to get out of my position of the church, uh-huh. and I knew I had to get out of the church. That church gave my resignation in a, in letter form to my the Monsignor there saying that, you know, after 19 years now that it's, it's time for me to be done. And he understood that. And th- I had written the letter in October mm-hmm. of 2017, and I had put my res- resignation date as December 31st, giving it to the end of the year. But he was going to be retiring in July, and there was going to be a transition period. Mm-hmm. And so I had agreed to, on a volunteer basis, to come in and help whoever was going to be taking over my job to trans- transition into. So I was going to be there another six months helping out. and uh, But he still did not know that I was actually leaving the church. Also, he, in your in your letter, you didn't explain what I, was happening? I did not. Um, he was um, not an easy person to talk to, okay. and I didn't feel comfortable with talking to him. And I had already talked to another priest who told me it was nothing mm. and that to ignore it. So, so I was not going to take that chance again to right. to um, talk to to Monsignor, and but I was not also attending mass, and part of my job was to make sure everything was taken care of. And I had been there previously every Sunday, and um, I had stopped kind of going, mm-hmm. and I was making sure all of the ministries were taken care of, that everything was set up at the church. But I I could barely walk into the building, and he noticed that, and so he asked my sister who had now was now living next door to me, mm-hmm. asked her why I was not that. Was there something wrong with me? Was I ill? And um, she informed him because I had talked to her already about what I was learning. 
and she informed him that I was um, thinking of leaving the Catholic Church. And uh, his response to her was, um, get my key. That mean meant giving up my key to the church. Okay. I was no longer welcome in that building. Hmm. And so at first, I was devastated. She sent this to me in a text. Um, she would, didn't speak to me. She wasn't barely speaking to me at that time. So I, at first, I was devastated because... Was to me was wasn't I a lost sheep? Wouldn't he have considered me a lost sheep? Mm. That he was supposed to be the shepherd, right? Yeah, to just come and talk with you and to find out what's happening for himself, find out what was going on, right? And um, for him to just to say, "Get my key," and um, so I was devastated. I was heartbroken. It was like I I done this job for nineteen years, mm-hmm. and it worked with him for eight, I believe, around there. Why wasn't he talking to me? And then. It dawned on me. God took all of responsibility. All of the the next two months that that I was going to be working there and the next six months that I was going to be volunteering there, he took it all away. Mm -hmm. I no longer had that responsibility. I no longer had to go into that church. I didn't have to. And then I started to praise God. It was like, thank you for taking away that key because that is what I needed. Wow. And I could move on then. But I still wasn't sure where to go. Mm-hmm. I should have just gone to the Seventh-day Adventist church. So I visited two two different churches, just um, one time each. I went to a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. It was nice, and, and they did a lot from the Bible. And I tried another church that um, a friend of mine were, um, was an elder at. And so I went to that one. Again, very lovely church, beautiful people, read right from the Bible. But it was the seal of God. And the mark of the beast right. and the Sabbath that uh-huh. just kept ringing kept, in my kept head. Kept ringing in your mind. And so I thought, well, and see, the other two churches that I went to, I knew people there. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's why I tried them. But it was like, well, Jane, just take a step and walk into the market, Seventh day Adventist church. So the next Sabbath, that's exactly what I did. That was the beginning of, um, or the middle of November. Somewhere around there. So you just walked in by yourself? I walked in by myself. I was very nervous. I didn't know anybody there. Uh-huh. And the first person I met was Jeff. His wife was the um, teacher for our small, we have a small school there. Uh-huh. And his wife was a teacher and he was just, uh, he wasn't a pastor, but he was, I think he was um, actually in school for pa- to be a pastor. And uh, because he is now pastoring in Iowa. When I walked into the church and he was the first one I met, he had the biggest grin on his face. I, remember, really? I will never forget that grin that he had on his face. So he welcomed me, uh-huh. and he, as we're talk, standing there talking, there's kids running around. It was like, oh, my goodness, they have children here. Because <laughs> I wasn't used to that. We had that one family that had just a couple of couple of kids, and uh-huh. there was children running around, and they were... They were dressed so cute. <laughs> Man, the little girls had dresses on, you know. <laughs> anyway, you just loved it. it I, I did. I fell in love. The When I walked in at that, the big smile and those children, mm-hmm. those were the, my first memories, and those will never leave my mind. Wow. And um, then Jeff kind of showed me around and showed me where the sanctuary was and told me to just take a seat that um, it was going to, worship was going to be starting any minute. And, and so I sat there, and they started off with some songs and and then they had a children's story. And all these little children started carrying little baskets and going around and collecting mm. money for the school. And And it was like, this is so wonderful. It just melted my heart seeing wow. all of those children. And and then they, they all sat there and listened to, I don't even remember who it was. Maybe it was Pastor telling a story. Mm-hmm. And then they all went back to their seats. And then there was a, a scripture reading. And then, there, and then the pastor got up there and spoke. In the Catholic Church, they spoke for about seven, ten minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. and he spoke for like forty-five minutes. <laughs> and he used, how did you feel? <laughs> oh, it was wonderful because he there was Bibles underneath all of the the chairs. There was a Bible that I didn't bring one uh-huh. again, not thinking you know who brings a Bible because right, that's right. What, not what I was used to. Mm-hmm. But they had Bibles available, and underneath all of the chairs, there was Bibles there. So I was able to pull one up and. And follow, follow along, along as best as I could because trying to find the the chapters in the at that time it was I, too difficult. I, I was it was hard, so it was more listening. But but he spoke for forty five minutes, and it just and there were so many verses that he used, and he, Old Testament, New Testament. And I fell in love with that church that day, and then after worship was done, 
um, two of the women, they kind of like made a beeline to me and um, introduced themselves. And wow. it was Deanna and Carol, and hmm. and um, they welcomed me. And I, at that moment, I felt like I was home. And like this is where I, this is where I belong. And yes, praise the Lord. <laughs> and so I knew that this is where I would be spending my Sabbaths. And um, I discovered that there was actually before worship there was Sabbath school. I've been attending Sabbath school too every Sabbath that I'm there. Actually, right now I help teach it. So oh, wonderful. Um, I'm learning. But um, Carol then um, kind of took me under her wing. We had lunch together and. So we, she could just get to know me a little bit, and I could get and, to know. And then her. she got to to know your testimony. And she did, yes. And we actually, um, she suggested that. Uh, well, first of all, I I told her that I wanted baptism. I knew I wanted baptism right away. I was baptized as a baby. I was only nine days old when mm-hmm. I was baptized. Of course, I don't remember it. During one of my lay ministry classes, one of the classes was on baptism. I remember reading the lesson and feeling very left out, like I had missed out on something because I had not given, it was not my decision to be baptized. Mm. It was not my decision to say yes to Jesus, to become a follower of him. My parents had made that decision for me, and I don't remember it. And it, and in the Catholic Church, you only get baptized once. It wasn't up to me. And I had no public um, saying that, yes, I want to do this. And so when I started going to the Adventist church, it's like, oh, I want to be baptized. Oh, wow. Pastor Aaron Cruz, who had done the Unlock Revelation series, uh-huh. had only been in Marquette for six months when he did that series. And so he was back downstate. So he was no longer there. And But I wanted him because he was the voice that I heard on those videos mm, for months. Right. And some of those videos I watched eight, ten times because really? I needed to absorb it. I uh-huh. needed to get it because I was going through such a, um, a spiritual upheaval Mm -hmm. that I needed to just so I listened to them many 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 times I really wanted him to be there for my baptism and on the videos he said if I if anybody has any questions to contact him so So I figured (laughs) uh, you can google anybody nowadays right (laughs) actually I think that he had given up his uh, phone number in one of the videos so I put his phone number and his name in my cell phone and, and then you I him. texted him oh you texted and him. said that I had seen the unlock revelation series that he had done mm-hmm. and that I wanted baptism and I was hoping that he could come back up to Marquette to to perform that baptism shortly after I sent the text he called me on my cell phone really well we live in an area where the cell phone reception isn't really that good right and so I was afraid to answer it because I knew as soon as I connected it was going to disappear and so I stood real still and I answered my phone and I told him right away I said this is Jane because I knew it was him because mm-hmm. I had already put put his name you in my saved phone his number. and I said this is Jane if uh, if it hangs up I will call you back on my landline but it didn't disconnect I was not afraid to move. I was too afraid to move, though. I stood in one spot in that prayer room, wow. and we talked for about 20 minutes on the phone. Hmm. And I explained to him again that I had gone through Unlock Revelation and that I was leaving the Catholic Church, and that, or that I had left the Catholic Church, and that I had um, started attending Marquette Seventh-day Adventist Church, and that I really wanted baptism. Now, this happened in late November and I wanted to be baptized in January, mm-hmm. actually January 27th, because that was the day after my birthday. Oh. And so I wanted it close to my birthday. So which year was this? 2018. 2018. Yeah. So it's two years ago. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. I, and I figured he would probably have to get some kind of permission or try to organize that to come up. Right. And, and so um, about a week or so later, he contacted me and said that he was able to come up for that weekend to baptize me. So I was thrilled with that. Wow. His, his voice was the one I knew. He was the one that I had been been mm-hmm. taught about um, the truth. So when you told him, what was his reaction? He was, he was uh, just um, amazed because it had been a year and a half from the beginning because the— the series started in March of 2016, uh-huh. and here it was November of 2017. So it was a year and a half later, and so he was kind of amazed. And I'm thinking he was, he thought his seeds might be had died in the ground, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the seeds yes. of truth have been planted. I think, I think this would be a very <laughs> encouragement to a lot of ministers and right, a lot yeah. of preachers. Sometimes the seeds take a little bit longer to to grow. So, yes. um, but um, but one thing with our church, and it was. 
January in the UP. And you know what January in the UP means? It's winter. (laughs) It's a lot of snow. Lakes are frozen. It's a lot of snow. And our church didn't have its own baptistry. Most of the people waited until the lakes, they could use a lake or they would go to the Munising Church, which was about 40 miles away because they had a baptistry. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have it done in Marquette. That's where I was from. That's where I was going. Uh, But they didn't have a baptistry. And so I happened to work for the ReStore out in in, um, Marquette. And it's a store that um, it's uh, run by Habitat for Humanity. And they have a lot of uh, donated items. Um, They a lot of furniture, appliances. And one of the things they happened to have in their fenced yard mm-hmm. was a corner tub. And I oh. I asked my boss if I could buy it. I explained to him what it was going to be used for. He was a Christian. Actually, he was the elder at one of the churches I had visited. He sold it to me for $25. Really? It's larger than a normal tub. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I liked it. But it wasn't as deep as some tubs are. And so I knew that it had to be built up a little bit to support a little more water and be waterproof. Right. And so we rolled it into the church. That's where I built it. And I was astounded at first that they said, yes, go ahead and build it. I asked the board of the church that, you know, is it okay if I build a baptistry? And they <laughs> wow. said, they said, sure. There you are. Like, and okay. <laughs> you're just new to the church and they're so excited. I'm brand new to the church. <laughs> and, and it's like, and they said, yes. And so I bought the tub and um, with the help of my husband mm-hmm. and my dear friend, Tom, we built the baptistry. We built up the walls on it and we waterproofed it and we plugged it so it wouldn't drain. And, um, the deacon of the day of the baptism fill it up with hot water. And, wow! And the the that day before amazing. the baptism, I was there just putting some finishing touches on it to make it look pretty, and uh-huh. um, so you can see the mistakes, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so and, you uh, were actually building and helping out building mm-hmm. it. Yes. Oh, wow. yes, absolutely. So oh, you yes. you you do construction as well. I I'm a crafty person, and I see things and I can repurpose can, them. Yes, wow. I like to repurpose things a lot. So that is amazing. That's kind of built inside of me. So <laughs> one of my gifts <laughs> from God. And I have I can see these little visions of how things can uh, turn out. Yeah, we built my husband and Tom and I. We built this baptistry. And the day before the baptism happened, I still hadn't met. Pastor Aaron. Mm-hmm. He came to the church that Friday evening while I was there. I heard his voice in the hallway. And it's like, ooh. You could recognize the voice. I know that voice. <laughs> I have listened to him many, many times. And, and Carol also was there too because she's been mentoring me. So we sat and we we talked and um, got to know each other a little bit. And wow. he made wanted to make sure that this is what I wanted and mm-hmm. that I had studied through the the 28 fundamentals of being an Adventist, and mm-hmm. I had done all of that. I, I was eager. I, this is what I, I'd waited 14 years for this from wow. the time I had learned in the, my studies about baptism and how it should be really done and that it should be a commitment for me. And so the next morning at, at church, they baptized me. And, Praise um, the Lord. One of the things I remember about that is even though there, it was a tub, I felt like I had gone under six feet, like really? I had gone when I was down under. And I remember the noise, like there was just so much water. I was only under a second, you know. Uh-huh. Baptism doesn't take really yeah, that yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I felt like I, like it was in slow motion maybe. But I remember that it just felt like I was so deep and that I was coming up. And my husband was there to celebrate with me with that. And then we had potluck. It was great. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Oh, so, praise the Lord. And one of the things um, I feel like I need to tell you, um, before I was baptized mm-hmm. and when I was uh, in the turmoil part of my life, one of the things that my husband and I, like I said, we met in a bar and alcohol, alcoholism had taken over our lives. Right. And um, we weren't doing very well as a married couple. In fact, we were doing very poor as a married couple. We were not living as a married couple. Mm. Because of the drinking, my job was in jeopardy my full-time job. Mm-hmm. People were noticing things <laughs> about m- me, and mm-hmm. I decided that it was time I went and sought some help. Went to the social service agency that was local and um, was assigned a therapist. And he's Tom. He's our good friend now. I saw Tom for three years, 
And the things that I suffered from were the alcoholism, the depression, mm. and anxiety. I was having panic attacks, the anxiety. Oh, really? Every year that I was there, Tom would give me a, a, a one of those little bracelets that you see people wear, and they have a, they're just little ru- like rubber bands, but thicker, and they might have a saying on it. Well, they were black, and they were the word warrior was on it, meaning I was fighting these battles. Mm. And so every year I got a new one, and so I had three of these. And I wore them proudly. They, to me, represented the struggles and the hard work that I had done to overcome the alcoholism, right. the depression, and uh-huh. the anxiety. And so when I met Pastor Cruz, I had these rubber bands or these rubber bracelets on my arms. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, jewelry is one of the things that um, I don't wear a lot of jewelry. In fact, I wear my wedding ring, and that's it. But I told Pastor Aaron that these rubber bands or these rubber bracelets, were they would never leave my arm, and that they were a symbol of the hard work I had done. Hmm. And uh, he accepted that. A couple of months after the baptism, my husband and I had gone to our first camp meeting at Camp Segola in the UP. Hmm. And what a wonderful place and a wonderful weekend. So much of God's Word there. and It's just beautiful people. But while we were driving home, he was, my husband was driving, and I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and all of a sudden my arms, even though they're resting on my legs, my arms just started to feel very heavy. It was like they just, there was so much weight to them. And all of a sudden this voice in my head very loudly said, take them off. Talking about the my bracelets. The, your bracelets. It, was, it kind of like startled me at hmm. first. And then even more sternly, take them off. And so I sat there and was like, I better take these off. And so I took the bands off my arms, and and then this gentle voice just said, I have more to you to focus on wow. than, than your past, than your your past afflictions. I don't wear them anymore. <laughs> I'm not even sure where they are. Um, <laughs> God has um, blessed me and my family so much in Praise the past the couple of years. The other things that he has had me able to focus on mm-hmm. um, working at the church, helping out in any way I can. I what, became, what do you, you help with? I um, Well, I became a deaconess. Well, the first thing I did was join the choir because I had been in the choir for 20 years before that. Oh, my other church, so you so love singing. I love to sing. I'm, uh-huh. I'm a good backup. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I, good. I joined, the, they were having a, a choir that was, and I did that right away, even before I was baptized, mm-hmm. um, because we they had a Christmas choir. And um, so I joined that choir. And then I, soon after that, because they don't have a choir that sings every Sabbath, okay. but they have. Um, a chorister who leads in the music. So I became a chorister. Be, I get to be able to do that. Um, I sometimes, because I don't know the hymnal very well, I have to, mm. I downloaded the hymnal on my phone. You can download just about anything. Right. And that right, was one right. of the blessings was being able to download that with the music. And so I can, I can practice ahead of time if I don't know the songs. And, um, but I became a deaconess. I love doing that. I'm a, the assistant to the Sabbath school superintendent. So sometimes I lead out in Sabbath school. Mm-hmm. I help with the adult classes, the Sabbath school classes. I teach. In fact, this Sabbath I will be teaching. The next Sabbath I'll be teaching classes. I help with the primary Sabbath school classes. I oh. teach maybe once a month for that. Mm-hmm. I also clean the church. Uh, they were playing. Our church is not very big. Mm-hmm. And once one of the evenings while I was there working on my baptistry, I noticed two girls come in and they were cleaning, but they were paid company to come and do that and I thought our church is not that big that this is something I could do mm. you know so once a week I go and clean the church wow and I, I get to be there and most of the time I'm there alone and I get to just just be there and uh, sometimes I sit for a little while and and pray and talk to God <laughs> praise anyway, the Lord so um amen things, I also started um they used to have a newsletter and I uh, we're kind of discussing that amongst uh, Carol and I my new friend I said, wouldn't it, because one of the duties I had in my full-time job mm-hmm. was to help with the newsletter. Um, and I said, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice to, to be able to just um, have one quarterly? And um, and so I created a new newsletter, and uh, with the help of um, other people, I do not write all of the articles. Um, those are done mostly by the, the teachers and the other deaconesses. Pastor, he has his own little pastor's corner, so... I get a lot of help, but um, anyway, we've done that for the past year now, 
And um, I think it's going quite well. So Praise it's one of my Lord. things that I like to do. But my very favorite thing to do uh-huh. is, um, like I said, I was a cra- I'm a crafty person. Mm-hmm. And so I um, uh, one of my things that I like to do is make homemade jam. Mm. And so especially in the spring and summer when we got all the fresh berries out there, my husband's very good at helping me. In fact, he he goes out and scouts out the, the spots where we can go berry picking. And, and so we go do a lot of berry picking and... I like to make jam, and so in Nigani, up in the UP, they have, um, on Wednesday evenings, they have a farmer's market, and so for the past two years, I've been selling homemade jam at the farmer's market, and all of my proceeds go to the school. Wow. To help support the school. I have an outlet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I right. hope you'll be able to send me uh, one uh, maybe job. Maybe I will, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because my husband teases me because he's not allowed to just take jam and give it away. He has to pay me for it. Because <laughs> I tell him okay. it's for the children. Right, so, right, anyway, right, right. But that's, that's one of my, my favorite things to do. Wow. And, um, and so I just love being a part of this church. In Mark 10, 29 and 30, God promises mm-hmm. us that if we leave our families, if our 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 brothers and sisters and our homes and our lands and mm-hmm. our, that for his sake that we're promised brothers and sisters amen and amen. and duties and i have that i'm so blessed amen. when i can stand before the congregation and look out and see all of those those people that love me and i love them back so praise the lord um, i've been very blessed amen yeah. thank you so much for sharing this has okay. been inspiring and um Do you have final words to someone who is searching and who is traveling the same journey? Just to to keep searching. The truth is out there. It's in God's holy word. Mm -hmm. And um, you might not understand it. Pray to the Holy Spirit that he will enlighten you. And even when you have difficult times, God's word is there to to bring you through them. He has helped my family, myself, Mm -hmm. go through so many struggles. And to bring us to the day to this day where I can go to church. My husband is sitting next door to me, sitting right next to me in mm-hmm. church, just to keep staying God's word and seek people that um, know the truth and that can mentor you. This is Michael Xarona, and you have been listening to Why I Am Here. For more episodes, please visit villagesda.org. We would like to thank Pastor Ron Kelly and his pastoral staff for making this show a reality. We would also like to thank Village Seventh-day Adventist Church in Bering Springs, Michigan for their support and sponsoring this show. If you would like your story to be featured on this show, please visit villagesda.org. If you have enjoyed this show, please remember to subscribe, review, and share with your friends. You can also listen to this show on your favorite podcast platform. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.